What's up, everybody? This is Soccer Chat, your weekly coaching podcast. We got some great friends that support the show. Support, support the show. Like our friends over at Dutig Brand. Check out dutigbrand.com for all your coaching accessory needs. They've got great notebooks. I know my friend Stevie McCullough just reached out uh, from Evansville Legends FC. He's getting some notebooks. He's using the promo code Soccer Chat and he's getting himself a discount. So make sure to go to dutigbrand.com and use the promo code Soccer Chat at checkout and get yourself a discount. Shout out to our friends over at Torx, T-O-R-R-X.com for the world's greatest ball pump. Check it out if you've got one already. Go on Amazon, leave them a five-star rating and review, and make sure to tell them that the Soccer Chat guy sent you. And also our friends over at Michigan Soccer Central on Twitter at MI Soccer Central for all the latest news and updates in amateur and professional soccer in the state of Michigan, which is actually where I'm coming to you all from now. He's Nick. I'm Sean. And and Nick, I really I, I don't know if people have caught on to this in our tweets the last couple of days, but um I realized that, you know, we've done the show for almost five years now. It still freaks me out to say my first name just because I don't get called that a lot. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm flipping it up a little bit. And everybody, my whole life has referred to me by my last name. So now I'm referring to you and I online as Nick and Soderling. So we're, we're, we're going to move forward into the, 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 the 2022 reign. That might take me a few like moments to progress to because I feel like I call you Sean and I'm not a first name person. I'm a nickname person, but I feel like I've, I've never called you Soderling. Like, yeah, you have it. You have it. Um, it's just like, I just, I don't know, like, and not that I hate the name. I, I won't say that I'm a fan of it. Um, but I just realized like, it's a great name. It's a great name. Soderling is an awesome last name. It's a, <laughs> Casey has to be super happy to marry into that last name. Uh, well, she probably would debate that. Um, what I, does she call you? Uh, depends on what I have done <laughs> and the tone in which I'm being spoken to. <laughs> um, which, as you continue your married life, you're going to find that out real fast. All right, um, all right. I, I will. I will report back on that one. <laughs> um, I, it, you know, the thing is that it makes me. This is totally weird. I, I have a little bit of a like. It makes kind of gives me like this like bipolar complex because like my whole life I've been called Soderling, and then I would say just recently I probably like. I don't know. Like I, I still get text messages from people like, "Hey, sorry, what's up?" Or like, you know, when I see people they're like, "Oh, sorry, sorry." So it, it's awkward because I know people have noticed when they call me Sean. Like I, I don't really respond to it like right off the bat, or it takes me like a little bit of a delayed reaction, just because it's something that's still kind of new to me. But I figure, you know what? Hey, people are like, "Hey, this is my name going forward." This or I just was like, you know what? I'm going to go with it because I I don't want to confuse the bipolarness. Uh, of who I have to be in my Sean or my Soderling, I don't know. So we're just going to go with it. No, I mean, that works. I, it's, I mean, names are just a unique thing in general. Like we just call people that we see out in public by the thing that we know them by. And so it's, it's, I, I can, if you want me to start calling you Soderling, I can do that, but I don't. I mean, it, 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 it took you eight weeks to remember your Twitter handle. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure this will go for a while. It, it's it won't be by convention that's for sure we will not have soldering down by convention you you know what go with what you want to go with it, it that's fine with me uh i don't know i just i was like you know like i'm just gonna 
I'm just going to go with it now. Um, but speaking of convention, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, massive announcement yesterday. Uh, you know, we, I, I went back and saw a tweet. Um, it was either a tweet or a post after the last convention being virtual. And I realized that I had posted like, we will be back in, in uh, Kansas City with our A plus game with the biggest lineup we've ever had. And I realized, oh crap. <laughs> we we a lot of pressure. that's a lot of pressure that uh, I've, I've put on myself. So um, massive announcement today, uh, yesterday, that uh, we have the United States men's national team legend, legend. Like I saw a picture of three guys from 1994 who like, that's why I got into soccer. It was Alexi Lawless, Marcelo Balboa, and in between them, was Eric Winalda. And we are so happy, so pumped that we're going to have Eric Winalda join us at Podcast Row for Soccer Chat Live that's powered by Exec Sports at the United Soccer Co- Coaches Convention in Kansas City in January. I cannot wait. There's so much to talk about. I'm sure you've got so many questions. And this was one that like, I, I'm pretty bad as a partner because I really like, I hate surprises to myself. So <laughs> I love like catching people off guard. And so anybody who's listening right now, like Nick had no clue about Eric Winald. And I was just like, Hey, like dope announcement coming tonight. And there's some names that like we've talked that we've agreed to come on the show that I'm sure he was like, Oh, this'll be that one. And I was like, Nope, you haven't heard this one. It's going to be great. And the, the text message response that I got from you was exactly what I was looking for. It was, it was literally just what the, what the F we were, I, we swear on this podcast all the time, but I'm, um, not going to this time, but I was like, what the F? Like, how, how do we get this guy? And I'm so excited. I, I think like the most exciting thing about it is like, we've had some people on our podcast that have had just the most amazing stories. He is a person that is going to have just the most amazing stories to talk about. Like just the transition of U.S. men's national team soccer during his time and even since then, I cannot wait to delve into. You know what? I'm going to release this one now just because people are listening. And you and I just got the text message on this. Um, but uh, now also uh, for, let's see, 2 o'clock on Thursday at Podcast Row, Stop By the Soccer Chat booth is going to be our annual Dutig Brand show with our friends Adelaide and Tiffany which are also legends. Like you can't discount the legends of Adelaide and Tiff. They're amazing. And they are so nice to like, let us just like hang out with them. I'm, I'm letting Adelaide know that as we're recording this, I'm going to go ahead and, and say that show uh, to see if she uh, uh, is, is, is okay with that. Um, so I'm going to send a, a screenshot uh, to everybody. Or I'm going to post it to show that like, we legit just got this message and that's what we do at soccer chat. We're giving you all the information, like as we get it, we've got a star studded lineup so far and we've only announced four shows. Uh, we've got Randy Waldrum on Thursday at 10, 10 AM. We're going to get the party started, right? Uh, getting the good brother involved. So Randy Waldrum is going to be with us at 10 o'clock on, um, Thursday. Then we've got for us, uh, as I just lost my, um, uh, my guest list here. Oh, nope. I hear I got it. Uh, then at one o'clock on Thursday, we have beast mode, David Copeland Smith joining us. 
Now you just heard two o'clock on Thursday, the Dutik brand show. 4 p.m. on Thursday is going to be our annual meet and tweet where if you're listening to the show or you're part of our Twitter chats on Wednesday nights, just show up. We're going to tweet. We're going to talk to each other. And then Friday, uh, as you heard yesterday at Soccer Chat, Eric Winalda at one o'clock. Now we've got some more shows lined up for you that we're going to announce as time goes on. Uh, we've got some more big names. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to outdo this year. So we're setting the bar really high. So that way, like going forward, like you don't expect much out of us <laughs> when it comes to Prepare the live to shows. Prepare yeah. to be disappointed. I, 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 I feel like we try to set the bar really, really low. And this year we're putting the bar super, super high. And then we're going to go right back down to the bar being very, very low going forward. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's where our level is at. Like we don't want to set it too high, but I mean, based off of the people we have here, the event we're hosting with Becky Burley, like it's going to be hard to top this convention. Yeah. And the problem is like, if you uh, challenge me, like I'm going to figure a way out to top it. So for now, we're just focusing on Kansas City. That's all we're focusing on. Um, Man, Nick, the the holidays are coming up here in just a, a few days. Uh, and, you know, I, obviously I think you and, and Kelly are getting ready to head out of town and, and go be with family. I'm currently up in Michigan. Um, which means that I've got a, not sure if people can hear that, but typically if I'm up here on the holidays, that's what I've got around me at all times. Um, Nick's got his as well as we just cheers over zoom. Um, you know, it, uh, supposedly there's going to be snow here to, today as you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on Thursday. And if you're listening to this on Thursday afternoon, I just want you to know, I've already been to Tim Hortons with Damon Amy from Delta College, and I'm like so excited about that. Uh, I, I mean, I, I had dinner with his rival about a week and a half ago in Florida, so you'll have to you'll have to let me know how that goes. Although I got to out him because he when he texted me asking when I was going to be in town, and I, gave, I told him, I was like, yeah, I think we'll be up Monday night. And he's like, well, can we go have breakfast sometime? I was like, yeah, sure. And, uh, he, he responded, I think it was yesterday. He texted me. He was like, Hey, do I need to bring a notebook for a great coaching conversation? And I was like, Hey, you've got good jokes. Cause I know you're not talking about me. Um, but Damon, Amy is such a great guy. Uh, and hopefully I get to catch up with the rest of my, my Michigan soccer crew while I'm up here. Um, you know, I think the, uh, obviously, uh, it's, it's, it's the holiday time. I, I can see the stockings. I can see the tree. Uh, Nick, what is the like soccer thing you're wanting this year for Christmas? Oh man, I'm trying to, that's very, very tough. Uh, like to finish my 22 recruiting class. So if someone just decides on Christmas is to commit and how many more do you need? Just one, two, if we can end two more. So if my 22 recruiting class can end by the end of the holidays, that would be phenomenal. What about you? (sighs) That'd be awesome. I'd really like that. Um, so I haven't asked for anything this year because my wife and I are, are saying that our new house is our Christmas, birthday, and anniversary for like the next four years, presents to each other. Um, but I did see, and it all got sparked from a soccer chat uh, question, was somebody um, asked, of, or it was uh, CJ Dwyer, asked about like, what is the perfect chair for recruiting? And, and I, and I did, I never even thought about it. Cause like, I just went to Academy sports and like bought a little $8 fold out chair. And that's what I take everywhere with me. But I like went into a wormhole cause I was looking at everybody's responses and I was like, oh my gosh, there's some like 
super dope chairs for coaching. Not that I use them. I mean, like I sit in them for recruiting, but like I'm not going to use it actually coaching. And I found one on Amazon that uh, I think CJ himself posted or somebody else did. And it's the size of a tiny umbrella with a button and you hit it and the chair just pops open. And I was like, I have to have that. Sounds incredible. I absolutely have to have that one. I've got to have I, it. So I will give a shout out to like the National League Pro event in Orlando. They actually like their coach's gift was one of those chairs like that doesn't have a back to it. Mm-hmm. That like I don't know. It's like a tripod of chairs. And I call that a I, stool. Yeah, a chair without a back is a stool to me. Which is easy to transport. I was never going to buy for myself, but as a gift, I will totally take phenomenal gift so thank so you you, sh- you should have went to gateway where you would have gotten a stool that is also a cooler i mean didn't even know that was a thing but i didn't even right, until i got there Pro event, you messed up you didn't give me a cooler <laughs> i was giving you a nice compliment and sean to- told me that that's not the best gift i've gotten and now i need a cooler i know i i, I have yet to use it but i can't wait to when i finally do um I, you know, I think the other thing too is, um, it's kind of, it's not even like a weird present, but like, I'm for sure doing it is, um, I'm really going to focus on, um, going to a lot more of my kids games this spring. Um, and so maybe that's a bad coach of me if like, I'm really like working our schedule around my own children, but at the same time, like. I really like want to catch as much as I can in the spring just because of everything that I missed in the fall. Um, and so I've kind of already done that. I'm like super excited because we got Quinn's practice schedule for um, racing Louisville. And I'm like, all right, like I'm going to put our our practices around this and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Like I'm going to be able to go. This is going to be fantastic. So that's kind of like my, like, it's really like my wish that I want is, is to get that. But um, the other thing too, uh, I was thinking about is, um, you brought up the, the, the overtime, the social with Becky. And I thought about this today uh, and I meant to text her and you and I did it. So I'll just tell you now, I want to do a thing where at the convention, wherever people are from, I want you to bring us a like hometown beverage, whether it's a, a beer or a wine or, or whatever, something that's from your hometown that you can only get there. I want you to bring it to us and we are going, Nick and I are going to make a video of us trying these and telling, telling you what we think of it. Um, now where I got the idea from, I hope we don't end up like those two guys <laughs> who in this like 20 minute video just got ripped out of their minds. However, that could be a like good thing to do before, uh, overtime. So if you're going to be a convention, if you are able to transport, bring Nick and I some type of uh, beverage that comes from your hometown, uh, and we're gonna give it a shot and literally, and you know, record our reactions to it. What do you think about that? I'm so excited. Love beer, love people, all good things. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, we've got a, a really cool um, guest on this week where. Um, you know, typically in December, we, we really talk about convention and things along those lines. But anybody who's been following the news um, saw the recent uh, disaster in, in Kentucky with the the tornadoes in the Bowling Green area. Um, and we were very fortunate enough uh, to have a, a new friend of ours on the show um, who did a really phenomenal thing. 
uh, right after the tornado. And as soon as it, as soon as I saw it, I was like, dude, you gotta come on the show. We got, we got to put this out now. Uh, didn't want to wait too long. Want to kind of still get it while it's still fresh in everybody's head, but we've got such an awesome, awesome chat, uh, with our new friend and he is mighty. That is for sure. Coming up right after this. We are excited to be a part of podcast road, the 2022 United soccer coaches convention in Kansas city this January. The convention is the ultimate event for soccer coaches and those who work in the game. Rekindle your passion through presentations, on-field demonstrations, exhibits, and events for coaches at every level. Whether you're attending alone or bringing the whole coaching staff, there's no better place to learn, network, and experience all aspects of the game. Register today, and as a listener of this podcast, use the promo code POD22 at checkout to save $80. Your registration also includes all of the recorded sessions, so you will not miss a thing. Visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org today to register and use promo code POD22 at checkout to save. We can't wait to be reunited with all of you in Kansas City. Tell them that I need more. Obviously, if you've been paying attention to the news recently, you know that obviously weather has kind of affected um, my area, kind of Nick's area a little bit in, in the Midwest. Uh, we've got a lot of good friends in the Kentucky, Tennessee area that uh, have, have been hit in, in, in their cities. And we've been fortunate enough to uh, today to have with us one of our new friends uh, to Soccer Chat, Zach Salchi uh, from Bowling Green, Kentucky, who, uh, despite the efforts of, of Mother Nature, has been able to really boost the spirits and everything down in Bowling Green uh, with some of the stuff he's got going on. Zach, man, thanks so much for, for coming on with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So obviously, let's kind of before we get into the, the current time period, let's kind of go through. Uh, this is the part where you can put yourself over, kind of give everybody uh, your background uh, when it comes to to coaching and, and playing. Yeah, so I um, am currently I own Mighty Kicks Franchising, um, which does preschool um, age soccer programs um, throughout the country. So I uh, actually just came into that recently. Of um, I purchased. The franchising company. I've owned a franchise of that for six years here in Southern Kentucky um, and done that. Um, I, you know, coach club soccer. I'm on the staff at WKU women's soccer as well. Um, and and really just try to find my way into, into any kind of soccer that I can get to. I coach high school soccer for a while. Um, I was an elementary teacher for, for about 10 years. And then actually this um, past summer, um, I called it quits on on teaching and went into soccer full time and running the the hey, mighty kids business full time. And um, shout yeah. out to you! <laughs> All right, yeah. I have a question before we get going with that. What was the easiest age group to work with, and what is the hardest? Because I don't know <laughs> if I've worked with the whole spectrum that you've worked with. I'm kind of curious. Yeah, um, you know, I think uh, the. The easiest age group for me to work with is actually, so I have a, I have a group of 12 year old girls, a club team. They're pretty easy. I found, um, the little guys 
four to five are easy. Um, the worst are like seven to nine year olds. I feel like that's the worst age group ever is, is my take right now. Sean, uh, how old's Quinn? How old's Quinn now? Quinn will be eight in May. So and you dude, are, she, you're right in the hot spot of that <laughs> age group right now. Dude, her, her age group is perfect. It's the, um, I am not a, I'm going to totally oust myself. I am not a fan of middle schoolers. Um, so to yeah. me, that that's the age group that just no, not not happening. Middle middle schoolers made me not want to teach. Like I was teaching, I did my student <laughs> teaching, and I was like, I'm never doing that. So that's when I got into college coaching. So. <laughs> that's awesome. So like, I'm just sitting here thinking of like, oh my, like you own a business, you own a franchise. Like how did how did that happen? Yeah. Was, was Mighty Kicks already a thing, and you just were like throwing. Yeah. Stack some money on the yeah, ground so, and say, yes, I'm in now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, about six years ago, um, my wife and I, we moved to Bowling Green. So um, long story short, we lived in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana for a while, uh, moved up to Nashville for a while. Um, her family is from Bowling Green. So we ended up in Bowling Green. Um, about six years ago, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this teaching thing anymore. I, I'd like to, to see what I can do in soccer. Um, so I purchased a franchise. Um for that area. So I purchased a territory basically of mighty kicks. It was a thing. It had been around for, um, three or four years at that point. Um, and I was, uh, I thought it was a, a great niche that that's not really, um, a lot of people don't do a lot of stuff with that age group. And so, uh, so I bought in there the franchise, um, six years later, I was still doing that kind of part-time and teaching full-time. And then I, um, but then actually in November of this year, I actually put down a lot of money and bought out the shares of the franchising company um, in itself. So now I oversee um, about 30 franchises across the country. So um, that's been Dang. a new thing and it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm all in now. I like every time that we have people on that do amazing things like that, I'm just like, God, I suck at life. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thought of like, not only like owning a franchise of anything, but like, going full into to soccer like uh, you know it's just i'm, I'm gonna go with yeah. this like it's 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 incredible and so i think the like i think there's a big almost like there's so many i guess forms of that like pre-k type soccer and, and I, i've heard of so many different yeah. ones what it what was it about mighty kicks that kind of stuck out to you that made you say like, okay like this is something i want to get involved in yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, just the model itself is really unique and in, in going and, and working with child care centers and uh, preschools and actually going in and providing a program during the day, which is, is really cool for parents because, um, you know, you want to get your kid involved in an extracurricular, but you um, you don't want to have to drive to the soccer field on an evening and deal <laughs> with all that, you know, so you can, you can get your kid involved in soccer right there at their school. Um, and, and, you know, I thought that was a really intriguing idea. And so, um, you know, that was, that was one of the things that caught my eye first and then kind of just grown from there. So then I just, uh, so then I've, I've taken that model and, and then applied that to running programs at, at parks and with clubs. And, and so the, so for example, the club here in Bowling Green is called uh, sky soccer club. And so now mighty kicks is actually the provider of, of essentially the curriculum and the coaching for their recreational league. Um, and so for, we have between ages two to six in the mighty kicks sky soccer program about 500 kids um in that age range which is phenomenal um and you know so 
really now trying to grow that and uh, grow that that model and that idea and, and start working with some other clubs throughout the country, um, providing kind of a model to good introductory soccer because usually introductory soccer at ages three and four, I mean, you know, it, it's tough because it's it's a it's volunteer run and it's and it's really a struggle. So, you know, I'm really a believer that we can make that foundational stage um, better um, and prepare our kids better. And, and, you know, so we've started doing that. And over the last few years, like we've really seen, I mean, even here at the club, like <clears throat> you look at some of our kids, our teams who have gone through this model now, and uh, they're so much more technical. They're so much better on the ball because at those really young ages, they had um, a lot different style of coaching and, and a, just a, and a model and a methodology that, you know, um, really worked. And so that's kind of my focus now is, is spreading that awareness and uh, of that kind of methodology of like, let's really revamp how we do three and four year old soccer. It's not something most people want to touch, but I think it's a, it's a prime age, you know, it's, it's pretty cool because I think there are a lot of clubs out trying to do their own yeah. thing when it comes to the, the little ones. And I think it's, you know, I, I don't know how much I, again, I'm not the world's greatest educator or anything like that. But, you know, I've always kind of talked to my wife about things like, you know, having a background in like younger education, like, yeah. you know, my, my mother-in-law is an early childhood development coordinator. And so like, I've always wondered, like having some type of like knowledge through her, like how can you gear a program like yours for kids? And I think that's the thing that a lot of clubs struggle with because they don't yeah. have people who are in those situations, um, that can come up with, oh yeah, this would be, this is a great developmentally for a four to five-year-old or a three to five-year-old as compared to, you know, with Mighty Kicks, you have the curriculum already. The clubs just have to get involved with you and you give them right. the, yeah. the necessary tools to, to go forward. Yeah, exactly. That's, you know, like it, it's um, trying to, to really put together a model that can be replicated across clubs across the country um, is really my main focus right now. So uh, right now, my work mostly um, when I'm not on the soccer field is all about revamping the curriculum and really um, putting it in a way that, you know, we can hand this to any coaches at a club volunteer or staff or whatever they may be, and they can implement this with fidelity at a high level that's going to impact kids. Um, and so I do a lot of curriculum. That's what my background was in. I went to I told my wife, I, I went to, you know, we both went to grad school for education. Mine is a master's in curriculum. And I, I was like, I better put this to use at some point in time. Right. So now that like now I'm, I'm getting to do that and putting together a, a curriculum and a program that, you know, hopefully is going to be able to be implemented across the country and, and really benefit young kids and benefit, you know, the future of soccer as well. What are some of the things that you think are important to work on with those age groups, like three, four or five year olds, like what are some things that are a part of your curriculum that you think are really important for those groups? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, at that age, so much is on, you know, just coordination with the ball and getting, getting lots and lots of different types of touches on the ball and learning how to manipulate the ball. Um, you know, I, I think traditionally, you know, we, you know, if you get your traditional like recreational practice or whatever it may be at that age is like, a volunteer coach who comes out and, and they don't know much to do. And so kids are maybe kicking a ball at the goal or whatever it might be. Um, and, and not a lot of structure to like really fine tuning the technical aspects of it and, and really getting kids to fall in love with the ball. So, I mean, I think, you know, that's our biggest goal is like creating an environment where kids really fall in love with the ball at their feet. So like every session is going to be 100% 
every kid with a ball, you know, and, uh, and really learning how to control and manipulate the ball. I mean, you know, we kind of take for granted how difficult that really is. Um, and then we get kids when they're nine, 10, 11, and we think that's the prime age for technical growth, but really in some ways it may be too late at that point to really, to really fine tune some of the coordination and balance uh, with the ball, you know? And so, so yeah, so I, I'd say the, the, the main part of the curriculum is just getting kids comfortable with the ball and getting kids to be able to do whatever they need to with the ball, whatever surface of the foot that is um, and, and feeling comfortable with it. And so that's the main point. And, and, but at that age at three, four, five, like it's how do you get that to relate to kids in a way that, um, you know, that they're going to be engaged in it. And so that, that's the, the real meat of the curriculum is engaging kids in that, you know, work with the ball. That's awesome. Yeah. I always joke with people like, I don't think I could actually juggle a soccer ball until I was like 14 or 15 years old. And (laughs) so like, I definitely was a victim to those situations where you didn't quite get that type of structure and development that young. What are like, when you're working with parents that are trying to implement your curriculum, what are maybe some of the things that you think it's really easy for parents to pick up or coaches in those areas? And what are some things that are a little bit more difficult to pick up? Yeah, you know, I think that that all all parents are are capable of of some of the you know it's not like we're doing anything that's like totally groundbreaking, right? Like, um, there's only so many things you can do with a ball, but um, you know, I think that so many parents and and it's changing, um, but so many parents don't come from any sort of soccer background, so they come from a background of of maybe a a, a more traditional American youth sport of baseball or football or whatever it might be, and just I feel like the way that you know, the, the mindset into training in those areas and like how to approach, um, you know, how to approach practice, how to approach training in those games, those sports is, is totally different than I think the, what we want people to start thinking about soccer wise. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of them, they really struggle early on. Um, and it takes a lot of, you know, work on my part to really to change the culture around some of the, those, those ideas is, um, you know, they just approach it in a different way. Like, I mean, we still get, I, you know, like I had, uh, I've had parents ask me, you know, we do a two-year-old program, like, and it's a two-year-old mom and me kind of program. Uh, but I've had parents say, uh, <laughs> I've had parents say, uh, so do the two-year-olds play games? I was like, um, no, the two-year-olds don't play games. I don't know what, <laughs> what you expect, you know, but, but like, so expectations of what they think sport is, um, is really challenging, I think. And, and it's a hurdle to get over, but it's one of the things that we've, you know, really put a lot of effort into, um, getting them to think differently about what's important and what's a value. So like, you, you know, like I think, you know, a, a lot of adults who are very well-meaning adults, they still want, they still expect like three and four and five-year-olds to want to pass to one another. You know, like that's not, <laughs> they don't, they don't want to pass. They don't want to get rid of the ball. We don't, you know, I don't want the kid to pass the ball. You know, like I want the kid to have the ball. Um, and so getting over just some of those like, you know, ideas about sport um, is, is the biggest hurdle. But then, uh, you know, once they kind of buy into this and they see the success of kids, when they really put a lot of emphasis on the ball at the kids' feet and, and they see the improvement, um, you know, they really they really run with that. And so I, you know, at our program here at Sky, we, you know, rely on a lot of volunteers. And so we have 70 to 80 volunteer parent coaches out there for our four and five-year-olds. And um, they do phenomenal because they've really bought into that model. Has has our good friend of the show Roma Duchateau, Is he is he a mighty? Yeah. Kid? So his kids both have done mighty kicks. Yep. 
Good, good, good. Because if if he doesn't, if he didn't, we were we were have some words <laughs> with him uh, next time I see him. But but shout out to Roman. He's he's a good dude. We we absolutely love him. Um, before we kind of get into um the the everything that's happened with the weather recently, for you having that on off switch of of working with the with the college team and then going and working with the Mighty Kicks for you is that a is that a hard switch to turn on and off of of which group you're working with? Um, you know, uh, no, not really, not necessarily. Um, you know, I uh it's more than anything, it's tough to, to fit it all in and not feel like I'm rushing back and forth. So sometimes I definitely feel like I'm not able to give 100% of myself to, to everywhere. Um, and that's a struggle that I keep trying to, to find the right balance with. But um, as far as being able to switch from one to the other, actually a lot of the, the girls in the WKU program in the off season, they'll come and volunteer with the kids and help out with the kids, um, which is really cool. Um, give them an intro into coaching as well, which I think is, is really great. Um, you know, actually my, my greatest mighty kicks coaching pipeline, um, is the WKU women's soccer. Like that's where my best coaches have come from. Um, and, and so it's always really cool to see those girls as, you know, as, as collegiate athletes, but then for the, to see them in this other, uh, you know, coaching three and four year olds and, and giving back is really cool to watch them interact with the kids. And, and so that's one thing that I really love, uh, it, you know, seeing the two worlds collide is really, really cool. For sure, for sure. Um, you know, as we kind of hit on too, what, and one of the reasons why I, I was able to, to to connect out and reach with you, um, you know, obviously anybody who's paid attention to the news recently has uh, seen the the devastation from the the tornado and the storms that went through the Bowling Green area, uh, Western Kentucky whole just area. Um, you know, thankfully, uh, you know, a lot of uh, uh, you know a lot of people that are safe in the end of it. Um, you know, we had a, a one of our own players uh, that's coming to next year. Thankfully nothing happened to her, her family uh, or their, their home, but you know, did have some people in their own neighborhood that, that lost everything. Um, I was so amazed. And, and just from, um, you know, I just now even saw the whole Washington post thing, but I saw your post um, with the pictures of the play day that you had um, just a couple of days after the tornado happened yeah, and you were able to get the, uh, local high school teams involved and things like that. There was a crap ton of people there and it yeah. looked like, sure. I mean, and it looked like everyone, like I've always told our players, uh, you know, when you cross those white lines, everything that happened on the outside doesn't matter. You're just yeah. there to have fun and play a game. And the pictures that you posted from that play day Really, I mean, you couldn't tell that this was a place that was just hit by an insane tornado. And, and some of those people who were out there playing probably lost everything. Uh, but you, yeah. you would never know just from how much fun they were having. So what was the idea behind that? Uh, was there yeah. any doubt behind it? And then once it actually happened, uh, you know, just how how cool was that? Yeah, yeah you know, it was uh, a totally out of the blue thing in, in, in a lot of ways. I uh so one of my, one of my club players, um, their house got hit pretty hard. Um, and so, you know, one of the dads and I, we went out to their house, um, I guess the Monday after the storms and, uh, started to try to help them kind of clean up the yard a little bit, just, you know, it, it was really devastating. Um, it, you know, the, the neighborhood was, was just, uh, is like nothing I've ever seen before. Um, and so we, you know, we were out there kind of cleaning up and stuff and, you know, the, the dad that was, uh, whose house it was, he said, uh, I saw him and we were talking a little bit and I was like, Hey man, like, I don't know how I can help. Um, but I want to, I want to help you. Um, but I was like, I'm not, I'm not super handy with stuff. Like I'm not like able to like do a lot. I said, but yeah. I said, do you want me to take your kids and like, let's just go play soccer. 
And he was like, that would be probably the absolute best thing for them. And I was like, all right, sure. I can do that. So I, um, so then I put out on Twitter and I was like, Hey, free play day. We're going to go out to the park. Um, whoever wants to come, you know, you're, you're invited. And I didn't think too much of it. Um, put it out on Facebook too. Didn't think, you know, too much of it. Thought that it would just be, you know, kind of kids that are, are, are closer to me as far as like my club teams, like some of those kind of teams would come out. Um, and so then it started getting retweeted like insane amounts. Like I don't get people following me on Twitter and giving me retweets, but it was like hundreds of times getting retweeted. And I looked at my wife and I was like, Oh crap. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like we could, this could be like overwhelming tomorrow. Like this was all in a less than 24 hour period. I was like, I don't know if I have the, the, the help to do it. Like, I don't know, like, it, ah, you know, like this could be like an unbelievable number of kids. And am I going to be able to actually like handle this? Um, and, uh, so then I just kind of like completely on faith, like I was like, it's going to work out. And, and so, um, I went out there on Tuesday morning and one of our other local club coaches, he came out and we were setting up fields and, you know, I told him, I was like, man, I don't really know what to expect. We could have, um, a couple kids or we could have like a couple hundred kids. Like, I honestly don't know. Um, he's like, well, whatever it is, like, we'll, you know, we'll handle it. And, and then kids are showing up and more kids and more kids and, um, and, but then what was really cool is like, I had former, a former high school player of mine. Um, she showed up with just a carload of Gatorades and waters and snacks. Like, I mean, just, an, it was unbelievable. And then more people started coming with stuff and then more people. And then like the high school team started showing up, like other club coaches started showing up and it was, it was really cool. Um, and so what really started as like, Hey, I want to provide a, a space for some kids um, that I knew personally. I want to provide them a space where they could go and play and just forget about what's going on. Um, ended up catching everybody, got caught up in it, and just started. It was it was an unbelievable day. So much so that I was like, they were like, "Are you going to do this again tomorrow?" And I was like, "Man, I can't. <laughs> I'm so. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can pull." <laughs> we did it a second day and, and had just as many kids, if not more the second day. And so um, it was just really cool. And it was really cool to see, you know, there were kids from all backgrounds um, who had been affected by this. You know, we had, you know, refugee kids who were new to the country and then had, you know, um, had their homes destroyed. We had families who've been here for, for years and years and had, you know, it's just something great about the, you know, the, the soccer field and this, this just, place where these kids could just be kids again and not have to worry about everything that's going on around them. I had a dad come up and, and I didn't know this family too well, but he said, you know, um, he showed up, he said, I saw it on Twitter. He said, you know, we we're in a hotel right now. We um, it's been really tough for us. Um, and his daughter, he said, she's been taking it really hard. Um, he said, this is exactly what she needed um, to give her just a, a chance to breathe again and just to be out of all of what you know was going on and so um yeah it was just it was just really cool and then of course the Washington Post showed up which was totally out of the blue I did not expect that to happen like um people were coming out taking pictures it was just it was insane um I never really imagined that but um just looking back on that it was such a cool moment and 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 something that hopefully we can continue to do more and more like kids don't you know like I know people say this all the time but kids don't go out and just play anymore you know and like we do have to kind of provide those avenues for kids to do that um and, and you know hopefully we'll we'll be able to do some more of that and, and not have to you know not not because there there was something a disaster that happened or whatever but because you know we as a community want to provide these safe spaces for kids you know 
And if anybody, if, if anybody doesn't know the Bowling Green area other than uh, the big Corvette plant um, and obviously the, the hills of WKU, Bowling Green, Kentucky is a soccer like hotbed that doesn't yeah. really get a lot of attention because it's right smack dab in the middle of Louisville and Lexington. Um, so to me, like I was really not that I was I, I definitely wasn't surprised to see the turnout because I was like Bowling Green's a soccer area like people are going to come yeah. out to play. But there had to be like at what point, you know, was you mentioned you had one dad that came by was it a part where like you couldn't even get involved in play because like people just kept coming up and talking to you about it or like yeah. was there a moment during that you were like man like this is really what we needed right now yeah yeah I, you know i i wanted to be able to jump in and play a little bit as well um and so i would i would kind of jump in and out but people were coming up to me you know just over you know non-stop just coming wanting to talk and and kind of share some of their stories and and whatnot and and just tell me you know how appreciative they were uh, of this and and like have giving this this space for these kids um yeah so it was, it was just you know um and really cool and, and i made a lot of new soccer friends like the the bowling green soccer community is a pretty like you know I, I feel like i know a lot of i mean i feel like i know everybody in the soccer community but then like i met all these new guys who were you know want to be involved in, in stuff that we're doing and, and I didn't know them before. And so now I have new soccer friends as well. And, and it was really cool just seeing all sorts of people from all sorts of backgrounds come together and like really put on this amazing event out of the blue for, for kids in our community. So that, that was really cool. And, 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 you know, it, it's obviously really cool to have people come up and be like, man, I appreciate what you did so much, but you know, I'm thinking like, all I did was, uh, you know, open up a, a soccer field for kids to come play. Like, you know, I didn't take that. I, I, I didn't think of myself as doing anything groundbreaking, but you know, like I said, like I, I there's, there's a, I'm not very, you know, I'm not very good with other stuff. I can't build stuff. I can't, I'm not very strong. Like I can't like do a lot of stuff, but like, I feel here's that. what I, <laughs> here's what I can do. Like I can, I can organize events for kids and I can, I can provide a safe space for kids and, and, create you know that sense of community uh, using soccer and you know so that's that's what i did so i, I you know like it, it was just really cool yeah has there has there been any support i mean to you're not because i guess everybody's just kind of watching along with what's going on 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 the news and things like that has there been much outreach outreach from just the outside soccer community maybe like a louisville or or any other states that have kind of reached out to bowling green saying hey like if there's something we can send. And I know I saw that uh, you were trying to collect soccer balls uh, for your area as well. You know, has, has there been any type of outreach from um, outside yeah. organizations for soccer? Yeah, there's been, uh, you know, here within the state of Kentucky, at least, um, you know, some of my friends at, at other clubs, you know, a, a couple of DOCs from some other, some other clubs in the state um, were using some events that they were having to, to, to get, you know, donations of things, um, to send down, but also like donations of soccer stuff, you know, like, I, you know, like, I, I just think providing, you know, like some people might not see the value necessarily in like sports at this time, but like, it's super huge for kids and especially your kids that lost. I mean, within all the stuff that was lost, like were some of these type of things, right? Like soccer equipment and stuff. Yeah. And like part of getting back to normal is, is having those things again. Um, and so, yeah, there, there actually, you know, has been quite a bit of, um, you know, clubs uh, that have reached out. I know that, you know, um, I, I, I know that other sports, like, uh, other colleges, I know like U of L came down for a, for a men's basketball game and brought a whole bunch of stuff with them. They came down to play WKU. So like the sports community at large has really 
has really rallied around um, and, and really done a lot of good stuff. And so there's just an outpouring of support, not just in the soccer community, but I feel like um, in the general sports community, like um, of, of really rallying around this and, and trying to help out. For you, like what has been like the most encouraging thing for you with all of this? It, it was it like a conversation, seeing something on a kid's face. Like what were some of the, the moments like when all this was happening that you feel like you're going to be able to take with you? Yeah, I mean, I just think like the moments that I got to just kind of sit back and, and just watch, you know, like um, watch kids smile and have fun. And like, you know, like I, I always talk to people about just, I really think that that soccer and maybe it's just because that's the only sport that I know how to to play very well. Um, but soccer has this amazing power to connect people. Um, and so when I just like was able to take a step back on on Tuesday and Wednesday of last week and and just watch and watch these kids from all different backgrounds and watch, you know, um, who, who so many of them have just had a pretty traumatic experience, like even if you didn't lose your home or lose, you know, valuables in that, like you still had a pretty traumatic experience, like um, just the aftermath of it all. And, and like to, to step back and see like the community around soccer and the connections kids were making um, between that was just a really rewarding experience for sure. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's pretty incredible, like how communities can come together. And I also like felt bad because like we had like pretty insane winds up here, like not anything tornado wise. And like our fence got blown down. I remember like being like, Oh man, like that sucks. Well, blah, blah. and like, I can't even imagine losing an entire home. And so for those, that community, it's really cool to bring those people together. Have you like, since this happened, have you thought about doing more and more things like this? Or is it just kind of one of those things where you're going to try to build it with into uh, kicks and stuff like that? Yeah, you know, like, um, so, so actually, we already had had another event that was scheduled that was going that we did yesterday. Um, so I, I do a lot of work with the refugee community um, and, and providing soccer. So it, I, I, every Christmas, really, I, I try to give the gift of soccer. So like last year, we gave out um, around 100 or so soccer balls to the kids at, at an apartment complex here that um, is where a lot of the refugees get resettled. Um, and so this year, um, thanks to my Sky U13 girls team and their parents, we, we essentially adopted apartments of kids and each kid got a brand new soccer ball, um, brand new pair of cleats, brand new pair of shin guards. Um, and so we gave those, we went out yesterday and delivered those door to door. Um, that was really cool. Um, and then we did, then we invited them to come play soccer with us. And so we went across the street, um, and, and played some soccer. And so the next thing up is the next big project here is, um, we're going to try to put together a, uh, a league or program for, for the refugee kids, um, totally free of cost. Um, and, um, you know, give them an opportunity to play because, you know, one of the, you know, we have so many uh, talented kids, like the, the level of talent is unbelievable out there. We got refugees, mostly from East Africa, um, the Congo, um, Tanzania, Kenya, uh, Uganda. Um, and these kids are so unbelievably talented um, and, and providing them an avenue for sport. I just think there's such a, such something about getting to put on a uniform and, and just get to feel the pride of playing for a team. And those kids don't get that opportunity a lot. So 
this the, the next project up here in the spring is we're going to um, try to put together a, a league for those kids. Um, you know, there's a few things we got to figure out, um, but we've got some some local businesses that are all in and ready to to help put some money into helping these kids get an a, opportunity to play. But um, you know, one of the things I try to do is connect my club kids with with the refugee community as well um, and get them out there and um, get them involved because you know I, I think sometimes you know, our kids don't always see, you know, how, how other kids are living or, you know, experience that. And so getting the worlds to collide and cultures to collide is really important to me. And so, um, that's kind of an ongoing project that we always have, but, um, that's, that's the next big project. And and with that, hopefully is more events like we did, where we can get kids from all backgrounds playing soccer together. But, um, but yeah, so, so we've got a lot more coming up with, uh, I was doing a, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was doing like a deep dive through your Twitter and uh, I saw that letter that one of them wrote you the one time. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, like that was like the most touching thing. Like, so this kid, um, he, so a few years ago, I guess 2017, we uh, I put together a, a program out there with some refugee kids. Um, so it was when I was teaching and, and these kids said, um, Hey, Mr. Sauchi, we want to play soccer. And I was like, all right, great. Go play soccer. Then like, go like we, he said, we can't, we, we don't have a way to get there. And I was like, all right, well, we'll, um, I'll, I'll bring the soccer to you. So I brought the, I, we, we started practicing in an empty lot across the street from the apartment complex. Um, and, and, and put together some, you know, some, some, practices every week, twice a week, and, and some games that we were able to put together with a group of boys. Um, they were all 10 to 12 years old at the time. Um, and, and so one of the boys wrote me a letter, um, you know, and I keep it on my desk. And, and it's one of the most meaningful letters that I, that any kid has ever written me. And it, it said, um, Mr. Sauchi, I'm sorry to miss practice. Um, and essentially he said, I had to go translate for my dad. He's getting a new job and, and I had to be there. He said, I want to get I want to get that uniform. Like, you know, one of the things they wanted to earn the chance to play on a team with a uniform. And um, so he reached out to, he moved away um, a, a couple years ago and he reached out to me a, a couple weeks ago and he said, Hey, I miss you guys. I just want to tell you, I miss you. And he said, I also wanted to let you know that um, I just got invited to, um, to play with one of the MLS Academy teams. And I was like, wow, unbelievable. Like what an unbelievable, I was just floored and so happy for him um, to, to think of, of where his soccer career kind of started. And that like now he's getting this opportunity on a, on an Academy team um, is it, just amazing. And so, you know, that that's just one story of a kid who kind of broke through um, and, and is on a great path right now. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that through the, you know, through developing some of these programs, we're going to be able to, to find more of those kids and provide more kids those those opportunities. If uh, there's somebody out there who like wants to send stuff to to your organization or they want to get involved and, and help out with these kids, you know, how can they find you on Twitter, email, anything like that? Uh, how can people get in touch with you, Zach? Yeah, so email is, is a great way, Zach, Z-A-C-H at mightykicks.net. Um, soccer coach ZS on Twitter um, and, and follow me there and um, kind of can keep up with all the projects we got going on but um, yeah just you know we, I, I'd love to, to hear from people who are doing similar things um, across the country and kind of you know share ideas about how we can really set up structures um, to, to really break down barriers for more kids to play. 
Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for coming on and, and taking uh, part of your time out of the day uh, to chat with Nick and myself. The the distinct member and operator and owner of Mighty Kicks, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Zach Salchi. Give it up for him. <laughs> Thank all you right, all Zach. for having me. everything else. Just what an incredible person and what an incredible story. I, again, I kind of mentioned it during the show that we had had our own little bit of like wind and storm and everything that happened up here that kind of blew apart our fence, which is such a minimal thing to what happened to everyone down there. And the people of Kentucky, like we could not send our condolences more. And to know someone who was trying to do something for a community like that is just incredible. And the thing that he did just to give people a release, give people something to experience that brings them joy again. And like you said, as soon as you cross those lines, it's, soccer and it's just something that you can enjoy and feel so much love for and gosh i i can't i can't imagine how much joy those kids felt on that day the day that he did that for them oh for sure and you know the forget the fact that like the washington post you know saw it and, and got out there and interviewed him and whatnot um but like i said like when i saw the pictures on his social media of like everybody who was there and how much fun they were having again like you legit maybe then other than people playing barefoot people playing in clothes that they probably had worn since the night of the tornado. You could not tell that it had just happened. People were enjoying the game, enjoying their fellowship and enjoying hanging out with each other. It was just such a, a cool thing to see. And, and like you said, you know, um, thoughts and prayers to obviously to everybody out there um, that was affected by it. Uh, and, and just, you know, keep fighting a good fight. Obviously we're thinking about you. And obviously too, like Zach said, like, you know, soccer equipment, things like that. Uh, I'm sure you can get a hold of him or reach out. I know some other people I've posted um, some places where you can ship things to. Um, I know Dawson Springs High School is a place that's that's accepting uh, donations and gifts. Um, and there, there's another one I can't think off the top of my head, but I'll go ahead and, and repost those um, for everybody today. Um, but, you know, again, the soccer community is so incredible. It's done some amazing things. Uh, and this is just another way that we can all step up, do our part and keep the beautiful game going um, then, then to help everybody out there. As you were talking about that, I'm, I'm sending out a tweet now. This has been like the episode where I'm like tweeting as we're, we're talking or I'm, or I'm texting. Um, but somebody just had like the perfect way to describe you. And I had to comment and say, I can't think of a better way because um, Nicole Lukic uh, just responded to Ben Solwell and said, Ben, fun fact, Nick Rizzo has done some coaching for Rush Wisconsin West. Hashtag you just missed him. I've met him. Dot, dot, dot. He's okay. And I was like, and I responded, <laughs> I can't think of a better way to describe him than that. Uh, so so shout out to to you and, and Nicole for, for uh, giving everybody the best description of you ever. I mean, honestly, Nicole is the boss. Just got an awesome new job can't wait to watch like her like she she's she's like legit coaching pros and i i feel like completely inferior so any compliment that she gives me okay is the best compliment that she give me 
I feel like that's a solidly average thing to be said about yourself. Yeah. Haley, like it, it that's the other person we need to see again. <laughs> yes, and I'm I'm fairly certain that we will. Um, you know, conventions coming up here in just a few weeks. Um, you know, it's going to be so much fun to see everybody again. Uh, you know, convention starts on Wednesday. If you get there early, if you're going to be there on Wednesday, go ahead and buy your add-on ticket to Big D's presentation. It's it's going to be incredible. It's going to absolutely be incredible. Uh, then, as I said last week. We're going to try to come up with, with something to do for Wednesday night where we can get together and uh, you guys can be a part of some stuff that we're going to shoot, um, which I'm going to throw out there. Um, if you never knew you needed Becky Burley and um, MOP, the hip hop group together, you're going to find out why you need it together. Uh, but you got to be in Kansas City uh, in order to see that. Um and then on Thursday, really kind of day one for convention, as we said, we've got Randy Waldrum, uh, we've got David Copeland Smith, we have our meet and tweet and some others that we'll be, we'll be announcing, uh, as well as our Dutick brand show. Uh, then Friday, we just announced yesterday, the big man, Eric Wanalda, absolute massive legend, uh, is going to be there. So make sure if you haven't signed up yet, um, and this is, this is really actually a big testament to United Star Coaches. Uh, we've been giving you guys the promo code pod 22 to use to get yourself a discount when you register. And apparently that code did not work today. And literally within 10 minutes, our, our, our main man, Jeff Van Dusen was like, give me a little bit. And like two minutes later, got, the code was this. fixed. He was like, I, I got this fellas. I got this. And it was like almost kind of mafia like, but I enjoyed it. And the fact that he got it taken care of. So now if you tried to use it in the last week or so, and it wasn't working, now go on and use it pod 22 and get yourself some discount uh when you're at registration but we've got the the social for coaches of female athletes on thursday night overtime featuring nick and becky and myself uh we've got the black coaches social which the new advocacy draft you heard last week nick rizzo number one draft pick by the black coaches advocacy group i'm still like that is like my reaction is the same on Chappelle's show when the Asian delegation selected the Wu-Tang Clan. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm like, that was not expected. Uh, but That's I'm, but I'm so happy it did. The best compliment I've gotten tonight <laughs> is that excitement. Oh, man. Like, I still said, that's the biggest moment in the show's history. You can take all the guests that we've had, big time shows and like live shows that we've done, throw it out the window. Nick being named the number one draft pick in the advocacy draft by the black soccer coaches advocacy group is the number one biggest moment in the show. They, they must've saw my rendition of big Papa at karaoke. Oh, the- I didn't think about that. It must've been it. Oh, we'll have to, but now that we've said that, like Nicole's probably going to make you do that now. I mean, I have other options too. I got, I got a range. You can't do Avril Lavigne at that. Dude, <laughs> that was such a good rendition too, though. I had a lot of help there. <laughs> for sure for sure um man it's 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 the christmas time uh you know coming up here and um one of the thing one of the shows that i look forward to is always our night before show where it's just nick myself and our friends in our hotel and we just kind of talk about the the convention and what's coming up and and that's one of my favorite things is just getting everybody together it's typically like super late at night and uh, we just talk about what we're excited for. Uh, so we've got a, a really cool, um, a really awesome room 
that we're going to be uh, sharing. Um, we It's going to be Nick, myself, Ian Wilson, and Big Rob Tomasek. Uh, that it, that's going to be a fantastic room, and I cannot wait. I think Rob Rob's going to surprise us with his dopeness. I mean, Rob always surprises you with his dopeness. He's just a phenomenal. I mean, person. from from singing Jesse McCartney and Taylor Swift to who knows what he pulls out of his his I mean, bag of tricks. Any anyone from Naperville, Illinois, has got some things up his sleeve. <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, so again, great show. Hopefully, you guys reach out to Zach, uh, soccer coach ZS, as he said uh, on Twitter. I'll get the links posted, or I'll get the, the information of where you can send soccer equipment, or just any, anything you want to donate uh, to the victims of the tornado um, in Western Kentucky. Uh, but again, you know, join us every single Wednesday night, nine thirty p.m. Eastern Time. I was on Eastern Time Zone today, so it was super, super weird. Um, for soccer chat, it's a Twitter chat, Q1A1, where you just type in hashtag soccer chat and follow along. Um, great conversation we had tonight. I'm sure we'll keep getting better and better and better each week. Um, and I'd be remiss if we didn't say, depending on what time you're listening to this, Hector Cano must be insane because he's asking Nick and I to be on a live podcast that is audio and video um, tomorrow. And we're going to be doing that at 11 a.m. Central Time. Um, I believe 11 a.m. Central Time. That's correct, right? That is correct. Okay. I just, I had to make sure I remember that. Um, where we, we've posted the links, how you can get to it. Just go on YouTube and type in the 50 underscore 50 podcast. And we've, re, like I said, we've retweeted the link uh, for it on, on Twitter as well. But I don't know what he's thinking having us on live, especially me on holiday. Um, you never know what's going to happen. Although he kind of gave me a heads up of like what we'll be talking about. And all I can tell you is like, be prepared for like stuff out of left field. I, why do you never share stuff with me? I, that's all he told me. No, all he told me was like, he's like, I'll go out. I'm going to ask you some, like some soccer stuff. That'd be good. He's like, but then he's like, I'm going to bring a lot of stuff from like out of left field. And I was like, Oh, okay. And there is know, some, we know that much stuff, Sean. No, we don't. We don't. But he did tell me there was a lightning round and I was like, I'm not fast with that <laughs> stuff. Like that's not going to happen whatsoever. But um, again, we'll, we'll share the links for our, our big friend, uh, Hector Cano down in Texas with the 50, 50 podcast. Uh, he's calling us the holiday special. <laughs> and There ain't nothing special about us. The holiday. Yes. But, but not Nick and myself, but uh, so we're going to be on that. Uh, obviously we'll, we'll share the link. Um, once it's once it's out and we're doing that with him uh but again soccer chat on twitter every single wednesday night at 9 30 p.m central time eastern time i'm sorry 9 30 p.m eastern time uh and then you get the podcast every single thursday all the way up in, until convention uh where on thursday morning you will get the uh the united star coaches convention preview show and then we'll be gone for a couple of weeks and then we'll be right back um, with some of the, the episodes that we recorded in our time at Kansas city, Nick, if by chance someone's like, man, like I need to know more about convention and I need to know more about how I can hang out with Nick Rizzo because apparently he's okay. How can they do so? Solidly average at her coach and Rizzo. What about you? And mine is at coach Soderling. Again, 
Shout out to our friends over to Duke Tick Brand. Check them out, duketicbrand.com. Use the promo code SOCCERCHAT. Get yourself a sweet discount. Shout out to our friends over at Torx, T-O-R-R-X.com for the world's greatest ball pump. And our friends over at Michigan Soccer Central for all the latest updates in amateur and professional soccer in the state of Michigan on Twitter at Central. It's more than just a podcast. It's more than a Twitter chat. It's a big community. It's a big family. And we can't all wait to have our reunion again here in just a couple of weeks in Kansas City where we're all going to get together and just be together again and not have to do it computer screen to computer screen. He's Nick. I'm Sean. Nick, we'll catch you later. Catch you later, brother. <laughs>